Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope you're having a great day. I'm studying this time very late at night. So I'm trying to wind up my day with a little bit of our study for this was month seven in our glory study. We're into the month of March now, and we're talking about glory from the book Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And so for our short dig a bit this evening or this morning, whichever it is for you, we are going to look at just a a scant overview of where our text is coming from as we begin in Isaiah chapter 48 and read through the rest of the book. I thought it was interesting. I read somewhere that the two major divisions of Isaiah were similar to in numbers of chapters to the books of the Bible, that the first division of Isaiah has the number of books that the Old Testament has, and the second part of Isaiah, the second theme of Isaiah has as many as the New Testament has, 27. So Isaiah does have 66 books, chapters in all, just like the entire Bible. So I thought that was an interesting thing, something kind of that could be a memory handle to help you remember the division, the major division in Isaiah. But as we look, we're starting in chapter 48 and going through 66. And as we think about the prophet Isaiah, we study about him and we don't know a lot about him. We know that he was the son of Amos. We learned that in chapter 1, verse 1. And he lived in Jerusalem with his prophetess wife and at least two sons. We learned that in 7-3 and 8-3. We do know that he prophesied during the reign of four kings of Judah. And this was in general as Judah was becoming more and more idolatrous in general. He prophesied during the reigns of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And many scholars think that he prophesied for uh, at least 60 years and maybe even longer. He seems to have outlived Hezekiah, but... At any rate, he prophesied for a long time during the reigns of four kings. And by the time of Hezekiah's death, he was probably about 60 years old, I mean 80 years old, assuming that he had been called to prophesy at around the age of 20. So some people think he just did 40 to 60 years of prophetic work. And if so, then, you know, if if he was 40, he still would have been an old man by the time he finished prophesying, and he prophesied for a long time. His years of prophecy were the latter half of the 8th century, around 739 to 683 B.C. And as we look at the book of Isaiah, there have been lots of challenges through the years about whether or not he actually did write all of it. But I believe the case is pretty good for Isaiah being the author of all of the book that bears his name now in our canon. Um, it, the book of Isaiah has been authenticized. Is that a word? It has been given 
credit. It is a credible book. Its authenticity is really beyond question now because as you know, one of the first Dead Sea Scrolls, if not the first, that was found contained the whole book of Isaiah. And it that manuscript that was found matched the later manuscripts that we already had. So it it is a... Uh, we got more of Isaiah as far as Bible books are concerned in the Dead Sea Scrolls than anything else. And so it is a credible book. It's also credible, though, because, well, it's credible because God's provided it for us in our, what we call our Bible today. And I believe that he did that providentially. I believe that's his work. But it's also credible because it's quoted in the New Testament 43 times. And that's just an astounding amount of credibility handed over to it by the inspired writers of the New Testament. As we begin, as you know, the, uh, the book of Isaiah is really warning Judah of the impending doom, the impending Babylonian captivity to which they were going to go. But the chapters that we're reading, and I did this on purpose, are the ones that give us the hope of the end of that Babylonian captivity and a glimpse at what really was the saving grace for Judah in Babylonian captivity. And that is that we've got to save the nation of Judah because our God has promised that through Judah is going to come the Messiah from the lineage of David. And so the end of Isaiah is saying, I'm not necessarily saving you because you're good, but I'm saving you because of the credibility of my word. I'm saving you because I am going to make my word happen. And our verse tonight is just a very powerful voice saying that very thing. We're going to just take the first one of our glory verses. I believe it's the first one anyway, and it's in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 11. And it reads this way, For my own sake, even for my own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted or profaned? And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken to me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. So we have this I am name of God that is a bookend for our verse about glory here. And in verse 11, he says, I am going to bring you out of Babylonian captivity, not for your sake necessarily, but for my own name's sake. How would it be if I did not rescue the nation of Judah and I did not preserve the fulfillment of that promise that the Messiah is going to come through the nation of Judah? I am doing this because I am God. I am from the beginning. I'm the first. I'm the last. I am am going to make good on my word, and the Messiah will come of the lineage of Judah. You know, sometimes you sit back and think about this passage, and you, and you know, it says, I'm going to bring you out of Babylonian captivity, 
not because you've been so great, but to preserve my name. And obviously, you know, God is saying here that the nations all around will mock me if my people are held in captivity and if I don't rescue them at last. But God was saying more than this. God wasn't just saying, I don't want the people to mock me because they already, you know, had conquered Judah here and the Assyrians had conquered Israel years before the northern kingdom. And so so what God is saying here is that um, I am going to, you know, in the first half of Isaiah, he pointed out that this tribulation is going to come, that you're going to fall because of your sin. And then in the last half of Isaiah, he's going ahead and looking way into the future at the time when the captivity, when they will be relieved of the hard hand of the Babylonian of the Babylonians. And so here in this passage, you kind of think, well, you know, God, if you're going to, you know, let them go into captivity, isn't that, isn't that letting them mock your name, letting your people be in captivity? That's not what really God is saying here. God is, is allowing Judah to be punished in captivity, but he's not just saying that captivity makes me look bad. He's saying, it would make my whole scheme of redemption go under if I don't rescue the nation of Judah. And I am going to be sure that the Messiah comes to rescue my the, the world from sin. I'm going to make sure that happens through the nation of Judah. And if I don't keep that promise then the nations will mock me. And not only that, but the name of Jesus Christ will not only be void for any hope for the Jews, but the name name of Jesus won't ever even go to the Gentiles. And he's about to show us in the book of Isaiah here later on, my people will be called by a new name and This is going to be, my words are going to be to all those who are afar off. He's about to prophesy that not only am I going to be rescuing Israel, Judah, not only am I going to be rescuing the Jews when I bring them out of Babylonian captivity, but I'm going to be rescuing the world through my son, Jesus Christ. And so this is where we start to have some really big messianic prophecies. And of course, we're leading up to Isaiah 53, which is just covered in our Lord Jesus Christ and in references to him. I'm excited about reading through Isaiah to see this glory because it's obviously going to be the glory that's going to end up being the Messiah. So as we read this first one, for my own sake, even for my own sake, will I do it? For how should my name be profaned? What if I wasn't able to keep the promise of a Savior for the world? That Abraham and all nations, Genesis 12, would be blessed. What if I didn't do that? My name would be profaned. And I will not give my glory unto another. I love that because we're going to start talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, from this point on. I hope you're having a good study. I hope you find the references to glory 
and we'll be talking about that later on some of the other podcasts. Have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.